Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, effective, natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you can become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, we are diving into a topic that is near and dear to me, and I have a feeling that you can also relate. This episode is all about breaking up with sugar. I know. Now, I'm going to show you how to break up with sugar, if you're ready for it, with five simple steps. Now, before we get into those five steps, I realize how hard it is to break up with sugar. Sugar to me is like the bad boyfriend your mom warned you about over and over again, yet you still date him. You know, I had a love affair with this bad sugar boyfriend from a very young age. And I remember vividly at the age of like five or six years old with my morning cereal Cheerios or cornflakes, whatever it may have been, which had sugar in them to begin with. But I wouldn't even eat these without tons of sugar poured into it where I could actually feel the sugar down below with my spoon. Like that is how obsessive I was about sugar and I'm sure that started way before then and it wasn't until about eight years ago that sugar really began to give me some issues. So when I first broke up with sugar it was back in 2010 and before I had done this I honestly didn't think it was possible to break up with sugar. It was part of the landscape of my life. So back in 210, this is when I was seeing patients in a little practice with my good friend and fellow practitioner, Dr. Lauren Klum. Now we had this adorable practice on this street that had all these beautiful shops. It was like where all the locals shopped. It was one of my favorite streets on Piedmont Avenue. And we would take a break from our patients around 2.30 p.m. every single day, and we would walk down the street a couple blocks to Pete's Coffee. Now, it was a commitment to ourselves that we would just get coffee. She would get an Americano, and then I would get, I forget, it was either a coffee or I would get a non-fat cappuccino back in the day. Now it's all almond milk. I don't do any dairy anymore. Back then, I was still doing a little bit of dairy, and I loved my cappuccinos. And on our way back, we had noticed that there was this new French bakery that had opened, and they were making the most gorgeous desserts. And the first month that they were in business, they had someone outside who were passing out little samples, like little samples of croissants, little samples of cookies, little samples of cupcakes, cheesecake, I mean, name it. They had the whole gamut of goodies. And we would take a little sample every time on our way back from our coffee run, and then all of a sudden when the place stopped selling or giving away samples, we were in there buying cookies and buying one little treat to have with our coffee. Well, this went on for several weeks, and over the course of those several weeks, our pants got tighter, we were breaking out because sugar can do that to you. It just wasn't a good thing. So I remember it was a couple weeks before Halloween that year, it was in the fall, and we decided enough was enough. We could not continue at this rate. And the only way that we were going to be able to do this was cold turkey. We were breaking up with sugar. And I mean, we were breaking up with processed sugar, desserts, candies, all that kind of stuff. I was, we were still allowed to eat fruit. And that was pretty much the only sugar we could have. And then whole grains, carbs, vegetables, that type of thing. But all desserts were off the table. And we were going to do this all the way up until Thanksgiving. So sure enough, we made a pact. I think we put $100 on the table and we held each other accountable every single day because we pretty much saw each other every single day. And 
lo and behold, we made it through. Not to say that we both didn't have some almost close near miss cheat moments and I even had a nightmare where I actually ate a cookie and I was devastated because I had broken our vow, our promise to not eat sugar. Then we got to Thanksgiving, I decided that I was doing so good on this sugar breakup that I was gonna continue all the way past Christmas and I did. So my first time that I ever broke up with sugar was almost for two months and I have since broken up with sugar many times and really to be honest, I don't eat very much sugar anymore and you actually won't find any sugar in our house because I find that if it's in the house, I am going to find it and I'm going to get into it. So I have learned the best thing to do is just to keep it out of the house. If you can, I know not all homes, you can absolutely do that. So before I want to get into this, I just wanted to share that story. And I have some cold, hard facts about sugar that I'm going to share. But before I do that, I recognize that you may be in a situation where you're thinking, huh, maybe breaking up with sugar is possible. At least all the sugary treats and the goodies, the margaritas or whatever that may be that you have in your weekly or even daily routine. Now, before I dive into some cold, hard facts about sugar, I want to let you know that I have a special cheat sheet for you. I recognize how hard it is to break up with sugar, and I have a feeling that you are thinking about it. So I created an essential oil recipe cheat sheet with recipes to stop cravings, increase energy, reset stress, and address emotional upheaval. Now, these are the biggest culprits that I find for consuming sugar, and you can find this awesome cheat sheet in my show notes at Dr. Marisa. Dot com episode five. That is D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A dot com slash episode number five. Now I want to jump into these cold hard facts about sugar. Did you know that we live in a culture where sugar is virtually unavoidable and oftentimes indistinguishable? Carrying cryptic names like crystalline fructose, dextrose, maltose, evaporated cane sugar. Yeah, I mean, there are hundreds of names for sugar on labels today so that you don't even know that you're consuming it. And did you know that consuming sugar causes the brain to release dopamine, which is the same neurotransmitter linked with cocaine use? That's right. It boosts into your temporary high, like a momentary high. And then, as you guys know, you have those sugar crashes. It will drop you like a ton of bricks, leaving you craving more. A dangerous cycle for sure, and many of us can relate to being in what we affectionately call the sugar coma. Now, we tend to associate this tag with kids mostly because our adult bodies tend to become accustomed to the crazy cycle, even we don't even realize that we're suffering from our entire lives, which is just this excess amount of sugar that we're consuming. Now, other things that can happen when you're consuming an increased amount of sugar is you could have an increased appetite, insomnia, brain fog, mental chatter, depression, and then even far worse symptoms can be generated all from sugar consumption, things like diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome. I mean, you guys know sugar can definitely lead to a crazy path over time. A little bit about sugar. Sugar itself is a refined carbohydrate and source of calories that our bodies use as energy or store as fat. Again, if we don't utilize them right then and there, they do get stored up as fat. And just so you know, not all sugar is bad. So that, that's definitely not what I want to be emphasizing here. Sugar naturally occurs in fruits such as fructose and other foods that provide the body with necessary nourishment. But excess sugar, especially those hidden added sugars or processed sugar, sugar in sweets, we don't even realize that they are causing a lot of havoc inside of the body. 
Now, the World Health Organization first recommended a while back that adults reduce their sugar consumption to only 10% of their daily energy intake. This is in 1989. And then again, they reminded us in 2002, and most recently in 2015, the World Health Organization suggests that it should really be further reduced to 5% of our daily energy intake. This means that we as a population here... (laughs) have been ignoring their warnings for almost two decades and that the food industry has become increasingly more stealthy and how they add those sugars into our foods up until now, which is almost 75% of the foods in the grocery store shelves have added sweeteners. And so that's why I always recommend when you're shopping at the grocery store, try to hang on the perimeter. Try not to go down the shelves. because The shelves are mostly processed ingredients and a lot of sugars inside of those. And we know that consuming excess amount of sugars will lead you to even more cravings. Like again, that crazy cycle that I talked about a minute ago. So if you are looking to not only get your health, but your sanity under control when it comes to these cravings, just know that you are not alone. I have been down this road many, many times. So here are my five best and simple tips to really create success if you decide that you want to break up with sugar. Now, the first tip I'm going to recommend is one that you've heard before, and that is to write down what you eat. Now, there is nothing like accountability when it comes to shaping new habits. Now, visually seeing on paper what is being put into your body, as well as physically just logging down all the foods into an app. So totally up to you. If you're a paper person, go get it. If you want to put it on an app, that's totally great as well. But when you see what you're eating, you can get really clear on where your nutrient loyalties lie. Now, you don't want to obsess over every bite that you put in your mouth. That could just become overwhelming. But you do want to see where the majority of calories come from on a week-by-week basis, especially over the weekend. So often, we are so good over the weekday, and then we become these weekend warriors over the weekend. So what I always recommend when it comes to using a journal is tracking it at least for two weeks and catching two of those weekends. What I also want to recommend is writing down goals for yourself that you could definitely achieve over time. And don't be too aggressive. Rather, set small goals each week that ladder you up into the larger ones. Read those goals out loud to yourself each day so you may have them in your car, in your bathroom, in your food journal, just so you can reiterate what you're working to achieve. And every day, find time to journal or reflect on how you did for the day. And if you do have a setback, which we all have setbacks, then think about how, one, you get another day the next day, right? Tomorrow's another day. And just think about what you could do differently or better the next day to ensure that you really are working towards that goal. So remember, when it comes to a goal, I always talk about how is it that you can eat an elephant? And it's really about one bite at a time. So one day at a time. And what I do love about the journal is keeping yourself accountable and making sure that you're really putting it in writing what you're consuming and where you want to go during that whatever amount of time you want to track yourself. So that's a great way to get started. And it's definitely eye-opening about what you're eating, especially those food trigger times. One of the things I used to look at, I used to look at hundreds of food journals when I used to focus on nutrition in my practice. And one of the things I was looking for was food trigger times. Was it late at night? Was it mid-afternoon? Was it mid-morning? Where were those times that people would fall off their normal routine? And so you can definitely identify your food triggers by just writing those things down on a day-to-day basis for a couple weeks. Okay, the second step is gonna be properly fuel your body. It's definitely much easier to not have to have cravings if your body's already fueled up. 
So in general, I want to make sure that you're getting your calories from a balanced diet of macro and micronutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, and healthy fats. Now, if you focus on clean eating, that's unprocessed foods as much as possible, I call it eating real food, you will be able to refocus your eating plan. Now, protein is awesome when it comes to making you feel fuller. And it is also great at curbing those cravings, especially regarding those midnight and late night snacks. Now, if you do find yourself having to snack, I'm not a real big snacker. I typically recommend just having protein, healthy fats and vegetables at every single meal. I'm a major fan of savory breakfast. But if you do find yourself snacking, I really recommend nuts. I recommend a hard-boiled egg if you can tolerate it. I recommend veggies and hummus, guacamole and bell peppers, whatever it is, but just make sure that you're focusing on those healthy fats, good healthy source of protein, even if it's a plant-based protein, so that you will feel fuller longer. Now, carbs, we want to dive into those, fall into three categories, sugars, starches, and fibers. But the body breaks down complex carbohydrates into simple sugars, just know that. So if you find yourself drawn to french fries, bread, and sushi, you wanna make sure that you recognize that your sugar really fixates and originates off of excess carbs, so something to be mindful of. So try to avoid white and refined flours like rices, pastas, breads, and then sub those out for things like nuts, seeds, veggies, gluten-free whole grains, so that you really are feeling full over time. Now, if and when cravings hit, Oftentimes, to me, cravings are typically an unmet need. They're usually emotional. They are stress. They are usually something else with their exhaustion, fatigue, right? Oftentimes, we are hungry because something else is going on with us. But if you do get cravings and you just can't get rid of that craving, again, focus on those high-fiber foods to fill your belly and to keep your digestive tract moving like nuts, fruits, and veggies, And don't get stuck on the meal label game. So just feel free to switch it up. You could have eggs for dinner. I had an omelet last night for dinner with this really yummy, healthy salad and avocado. You can do savory breakfast. You could do oatmeal for lunch. I mean, it's really up to you how you want to get in where you fit in. Just make sure that you're having substantial meals so that you're not finding yourself snacking or falling into the craving trap late at night or in the middle of the day. The third step I'm going to recommend is utilize, this is kind of like my step and my cheat all in one. So utilize high quality peppermint essential oil. Now, one of the easiest ways to begin your journey involves utilizing high quality essential oils to retrain that brain, to curb those sugar cravings and to revitalize your energy. Amazing research has been done conserving, concerning cravings and essential oils. And the most famous study was done by Dr. Alan Hirsch, who found that peppermint oil is amazingly effective at curbing cravings. Literally simply inhaling peppermint oil, that scent will awaken the senses and really enable the brain to focus on the task at hand and to overcome those cravings. Now, while it may be hard to believe that a scent can keep you from binging on sugar, I'm telling you, aromatherapy can be the key to many of your health concerns as an all-natural way to reclaim your vitality, your energy, and just really reclaim those, those craving moments. Now, other oils that can help with cravings are bergamot, cinnamon, clove, fennel. I love the citruses as well. So grapefruit, lemon, wild orange, and even lemongrass. Those are all great craving reducers, but peppermint really takes the cake and has the research to back it up. So while you may prefer scents that smell like your favorite sugary treat, I want to just recommend using something like peppermint and citrus oils to really invigorate you, give you that mood boost, and to stave off any sugar cravings. 
Now, the fourth thing I want to recommend, the fourth step is to distract yourself from cravings. Ah, right. This is the kicker. Like, how can you kind of get away from that craving, do something different? So chances are those cravings hit around the same time every single day. And that food journal will really give you an idea of when those triggers come into play. So mid-morning, mid-afternoon, late night before bed, you know, be sure to tune into your body and try to recognize if it really needs food for fuel. So one of the questions I like to ask myself if I find myself hungry after a meal or I'm going in for seconds after dinner is I like to ask myself after a couple of minutes, like five minutes, I'll sit there and just wait and then say to myself, are you hungry enough to eat an apple? Now, I have a confession. I don't like apples. It's probably one of the fruits I the least like. I love all fruits except for apples, which is such a weird thing. So when I ask myself that, if I'm hungry enough to eat an apple, I got to be pretty hungry to make that happen. And if the answer is no, I'm not going in for seconds. So I typically, I recommend drinking a glass of water with lemon to see if that curbs your craving. Oftentimes, we've mistaken food cravings when we're really dehydrated. So you may be thirsty and you're thinking that it's food when it's really, you need more water. And then if that's not helping, then I would definitely step into some self-care, right? What can you do to really nourish yourself that is outside of food? So one of the things I love for self-care is, again, reaching for essential oils, putting a drop or two on a cotton ball or on your scarf or diffuser jewelry, whatever you prefer, so that you have a rescue plan ready in action. Like I mentioned, peppermint and citrus oils like grapefruit or lemon are great layered together and are my favorite go-to for curbing cravings. Another thing to consider is exercise. Going for a walk, so getting up and move, incorporating regular exercise into your life, going out and getting some fresh air, or spending social time with your friends outside is going to be a great way to help distract you from any cravings you may be going on. So let's say you know mid-afternoon you you always have a snack. You always want something sugary or sweet. That may be a good time to schedule a walking break for yourself at work, just taking a couple breaks, a couple walks around the block just so you can reset. And I promise you're going to come back more energized and ready to go. Another great tool that I love is going to be meditation. Now, meditation is a great tool, even if it's five minutes to reset the system, especially if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed. Instead of grabbing for that, a breathing exercise or meditation is super important, super great to re-recenter the body. I just recommend finding some time for yourself and focus on what really matters in your life. Chances are that sugar won't be at the top of that list. And when it comes to meditation, there's some great apps out there. You can just put your earbuds in, listen to them on your phone to help reset the system. And then when it comes to meditation, it can get you really clear on what your passion is, establishing balance in your life and seeking peace and happiness, but really loving yourself enough to break that sugar habit. I also love positive affirmations either during yoga or meditation or just during the day to keep myself focused. So a couple that I use is that I am enough or sugar has no power over me. Sugar does not rule my life. And when you're able to say those affirmations, you are really priming your body to react well and get that message through and through. So that is number four. Now, number five is uncovering those sugar triggers with three questions that I like to ask. Now, for many of us, for you and I, sugar has been a reward since we were little. I had mentioned my my love affair with my morning cereal and all that sugar, but we've grown up and it could be obey your parents and get a lollipop, obey the doctor and get a treat, finish your dinner and get dessert, 
let's celebrate with ice cream. And you think about our life has been punctuated by desserts and reward, especially using desserts as reward. So our minds have been conditioned to think that for every good thing that we do, we deserve some type of instant gratification. And for many people, it's sugar. It's a treat. I turned in my manuscript for my new book a couple months ago, and it is typical. It's my seventh book. It's very typical that I want to go out and do a nice dinner. I want to open a nice bottle of wine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially if I hold on to those moments for the big celebrations, right? But I try not to get in the habit of doing too much of that. I celebrate with a massage or I celebrate with a beautiful hike. There's a lot of things that I do to celebrate or I get on the phone with one of my good friends and share the good news. So be thinking about what it is or maybe you buy a new pair of shoes because you're celebrating. I have found that I can celebrate without consuming sugar. But our minds are conditioned to feel that way. And so just recognize if it is that instant gratification that you're used to getting. Now, even more common is associating sugar with our social lives. So here are three questions to identify to find if there are some hidden sugar triggers in your life. Number one, when you go out with your friends, do you have mixed drinks or do you have dessert? I remember I used to have a pact with all my friends that as long as we were all together, it was that sugar or those calories didn't count, uh, especially over like a bag of fries or we shared a Sunday together. But let's be honest, I knew all that was adding up. So think about it. Is your social activities with your friends oftentimes leading to sugary items? Next, do you treat yourself with dessert or indulge in something you would normally fix at home? So do you indulge occasionally or habitually, right? So for me, when we do indulge, we have a rule. We don't keep sugar or treats in the house. If we really want a cupcake, we have to go to some specialty cupcake place or go to the store, buy the one cupcake, have it, and it does not come back into the house. That's just a rule that we have. And what you find is that it really is rare if ever we get into that because we just don't have it around the house. It's not a habit. And then what about times of stress or times of loss or specific times of the month, right? Your period could really lead to cravings as well. So be looking at those things or any of those sending off some warning signs that those may be some triggers. And like I said before, it's really great to journal these things so you find out where those hidden triggers are. We make sugar a comfort food. Like I always think about, we train our bodies to crave it every time we find ourselves in these emotional situations. So just allow yourself to either express emotions, talk them out with friends instead of masking them with a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Now, one of the things I love to use, again, we've mentioned these before in this episode, is essential oils. And the reason why I love them is because I have educated women and people in general on using essential oils for cravings, particularly sugar cravings, because as I mentioned before, it's really about that unmet need. So if we can find out how we can leverage an oil to address that unmet need instead of reaching for sugar, we have a big win because oils are not only beneficial to the body, but they have no calories in them. There's no calories in an essential oil. I have one of my favorite energy blends right here, which is a combination of peppermint, grapefruit, and ylang-ylang, and I use it all the time with a tiny bit of rosemary, and it's a memory booster, it's an energizer, it smells amazing, and it keeps me out of that sugar zone. Now, other oils that you can consider using is like lavender and ylang-ylang for calming properties and for releasing pent-up stress and anxiety. Grounding oils like cedarwood, clary sage, frankincense are all great for calm, rebalancing, and reclaiming control over those distractions. Also, I love clary sage for supporting hormones and with women every single month. So clary sage is great to ease those symptoms and regain control of your hormones. 
And then also remember that food journal I had mentioned, always write down what you eat, begin to notice those patterns, and then look for ways that you can use other alternatives like oils to really help combat those moments, those sugar cravings. And then last but not least, I always just want to mention it's so great to have an accountability partner. Back in 2010, when I did my first breakup with sugar challenge with Lauren, honestly, I don't know if I would have been able to do that challenge without her. Like every day we were checking in, every day we were seeing each other, even on the weekends, we were texting each other all the time just to make sure that we were getting the support because we definitely both had some sugar issues that we were willing to confess. So last thing I wanted to mention is just that truth about kicking sugar, at least for a temporary amount of time, maybe five days, seven days, a week, or even like I did over a month's time. We all know that we've got changes in our diets, in our lives, in our mindsets that we've got to make to really overcome and maintain those healthy habits. Breaking up sugar could just be the start of retooling your life. So don't drastically cut out sugar from your diet or cause an uncomfortable detox or headaches. Definitely take it so you can ease up. Maybe it's cutting out sugar during the weekday. Or you could potentially try the cold turkey habit and and give up sugar for a couple of days altogether. Totally up to you. But I just want you to know that you have permission to take it slow and let your body adjust. And one of the things I always recommend is to start with a habit of awareness. So being aware of labels, of what you put in your mouth, of your triggers, of your personal wellness goals. Utilize high quality essential oils to refocus your mind and body to rely less on sugar and more on aromatherapy or whatever tool you prefer. And then again, you can only really make this change when you replace it with a positive lifestyle that fuels your mind, body, and soul. So note that what I'm recommending is that it's not just that you're breaking up with sugar, that hopefully you're actually subbing in something good that's really kind of bullying that potentially harmful ritual and harmful habit out. So if you're like me, you guys know I love to take action. And so the first step really here is listening to your body. And then I want to make sure that you know that I've got this amazing Break Up With Sugar cheat sheet that I want to be able to share with you. I want you to be able to get, again, there's recipes for breaking up with cravings, increasing energy, reducing stress, and helping to support emotional well-being. I want to make sure that you are covered when you get started with this new habit of yours. And again, you can find this awesome cheat sheet in my show notes for this episode, which is on my website drmarisa.com that is d-r-m-a-r-i-z-a.com slash episode five that is the number five well i want to say thank you again for stopping by and listening in to the essentially you podcast coming up in this next episode is an interview with my fellow health rock star and sugar conqueror the New York Times bestselling author, JJ Virgin, and we're gonna do a deep dive into why food intolerances is the real cause of weight gain. Now, JJ is the authority around food intolerance, and she's got some pretty strong opinions about sugar and snacking herself, so you're not gonna wanna miss out on that. We've got some bonus quick fire questions that we asked JJ, which is a lot of fun. So you're not gonna wanna miss this incredible interview with this amazing woman and her take on sugar. Now. Last thing, I would love to hear from you and what you think about the podcast. Please take a moment and rate and review the Essentially You podcast on iTunes. It would not only mean the world to me, but it would help me to get the word out about all these awesome interviews and this great podcast that I hope you're enjoying. Well, I look forward to seeing you soon. Have a wonderful day. 